Alrighty everyone, I am excited to talk about property today. We're going to be focusing on eminent domain. We have two episodes left. This episode focusing on the overview of eminent domain. And the next episode focus more on regulatory takings, which is kind of like a subheading of eminent domain. But we're going to be treating it more as a main heading just because there's a ton that goes into there. Well, eminent domain is... A complex phrase, but ultimately a pretty simple uh, term to understand. It's the constitutional authority for a government to take private property for public use. Uh, the process of doing this is going to be called condemnation. Uh, this is more than just living in a bad house or bad property. Uh, whenever the government takes a house, regardless of the quality of the house, that is called condemnation. Uh, without this power, uh, citizens would be able to refuse selling public pri uh, private property that is needed for public use. So a good example of this is uh, of private property that needs to be taken for public use would be to build an interstate or a highway. Uh, so they can either outright refuse selling or they could demand really high prices. And so there is this need for eminent domain so that public benefit can actually happen from the government. So it needs to happen, but now it's a matter of understanding just how much that should be limited. I do want to notice that there are two main limitations from eminent domain. The constitutional founders recognized that eminent domain was necessary a necessary function of government, but it could be a very difficult or a very challenging functioning, functioning government, at least on the people. And so they wanted to put limitations on the ability of the government to take private property for public use. So there are two limitations. The first is that the taking must be for public use. So that's going to be the extent of our discussion today is focusing on defining public use. And second, the property owner, if taken for public use, must be justly compensated for that taking. And typically, that's going to be the fair market value, even though there's a couple of challenges there. So what's the remainder of our discussion going to be like? Well, first, we need to define what public use is, and then we need to outline the scope of public use. So are going to be the two things that we talk about. So let's talk about the definition of public use. And ultimately, it's a question of, can the government take property from a private owner and give that property to a different private owner, not public, but private, for the purpose of benefiting public good? So this is where our first case comes in. This is Hawaii Housing Authority versus Midkiff. Ultimately, the answer to that question, can government take private property from owner A and give it to private owner B? The answer is yes. So public use is defined as, from this case quote, the public use requirement is thus, I can't pronounce this word, I'm gonna butcher it, but I'm gonna try, cotterminous with the scope of a sovereign's police powers. So what's that mean? Ultimately, public use is defined as police powers or as we talked about with uh, the zoning, the standard that we're going to apply then is the rational basis test. 
if there is a rational basis for the use, then the private owner can have property taken from them and given to a different private owner. In this case, what was in the, what was happening is that Hawaii passed this statute that limited how much ownership was of private property of the land of Hawaii. Uh, Hawaii at this time was owned by only 75 individuals, or at least half of it. Uh, half of it was owned by about 75 individuals. The rest of it was owned by the government. And those 75 individuals, the they, they were the wealthy, uh, kind of the royal descendants from previous Hawaiian uh, tradition. And ultimately, the government wanted to decrease the value of this, uh, sorry, not decrease the value, but decrease the cost of this property. And they didn't want to force Midkiffs and the others to just sell it because then they would incur a lot of taxes, a lot of tax issues. And so they sought to take this and buy eminent domain. And Midkiff protested. They did not want to sell their property. And so that's where this case ended up happening. But ultimately, we're given the standard where the rational basis is going to apply. If there's a good police power, then the eminent domain taking for public use is going to be satisfied. A situation that would not pass this public use standard would be if you're taking for corruption. Uh, so if you're taking this property from Midkiff and giving it to a governmental official, that would be corruption, and as a result, that would not pass this public use test. Internet domain statutes are passed by the legislature. Uh, because the court is going to apply this rational basis test, they're going to strongly defer to the legislature, even if they believe that this promotes a bad policy. As far as the scope of public use goes, our question that we're going to be asking here is, can the government take from private owner A and give to private owner B for nearly any reason, including economic development? Is economic development a good public use purpose for this case? The case that we have regarding this is Kilo versus City of New London. This was a situation where City of New London was in economic distress, pretty bad economic distress. And so they wanted to bring in Pfizer, big pharmaceutical company, you may have heard of them before, helped develop the COVID vaccine. And uh, give a whole lot of development into Pfizer to revitalize or re-spark uh, life into the city. And Kilo was a homeowner that ended up uh, having her home taken because of this development project. And so she challenged this, and it's a pretty big situation. But ultimately, it's a question of, is this allowed? And this is a very controversial opinion that is released by the Supreme Court. The majority simply believes that they are applying Midkiff. Uh, the standard in this place is that economic development is a good ex exercise of police powers and which allows eminent domain. The majority, however, 
argues that there should be a heightened sense of scrutiny when we're talking only about economic development. So the analysis that the concurrence would use is that they would first ask what the intention of the project is, whether it's to benefit a specific party. And if it is to benefit a specific party, then the concurrence is going to ask what high, is the public benefit sufficiently high to justify a taking. So in other words, the concurrence would use a balancing test. Who are you benefiting? Why are you benefiting them? What's the cost-benefit weight of that? The main argument at the dissent, though, is that this case is not consistent with Midkiff. Midkiff, the purpose of that case was to remove an inherent harm, specifically super high prices because of the consolidation of homeownership within Hawaii. That was an inherent harm that the majority was trying to remove in that case. In this instance, ownership was doing no harm. And so the dissent is very concerned that economic development is a primary reason to take ownership from a private owner and give it to a different private owner. What they're ultimately saying is that the majority's opinion is going to expand use to be applied, sorry, to expand public use to be applied to nearly any situation as long as there's any improvement to the property. So what's our big takeaways from this case? Economic development is a recognized public use. And second, the opinion is controversial. I'm going to go ahead and sum up everything that I just said. Eminent domain is the ability of Congress to take private property for public use. This process is going to be done through condemnation, and there's two limitations from the Fifth Amendment. First, it needs to be taken for public use, and second, the homeowner must be justly compensated for that taking. So it's pretty straightforward if the government is taking from a private entity and using it for a public purpose, directly. That's going to be the example of building an interstate. But it gets more complicated. We're, we're talking about taking from a private owner and giving to a different private owner. As far as defining that goes, it is allowed to take from private owner A and give to private owner B as long as you use a rational basis based off of the police powers of the state. And the scope of that does allow for mere economic development even though there's pretty controversial opinions regarding that. Anyways, that's Eminent Domain. We'll get into takings next. Have a good one. Bye. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Law Schoolers. Before I let you go, there are four things I want to say. The first thing is if you enjoyed these episodes and if you enjoyed the website, I would invite you to go and join Law Schoolers Pro. And you can do that by going to lawschoolers.com slash join. It's a way for you to support us, but there's also a lot of features there that I think you will enjoy. Second thing is that nearly all of our episodes are unedited. The only ones that aren't are pre-law materials, and the reason for that is so you can actually see the legal material in its raw form as I'm learning it as well. The third thing is that the information contained in these episodes are specifically only for educational purposes. They're not to be used as legal advice. And with that, the fourth thing is, if it is used as legal advice, we are not liable. That is, law schoolers is not liable for any legal outcomes. Thank you again for enjoying the show. Have a good one.